like that. You Hello, everybody, and welcome that. to this, this Wednesday class, edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are ready for a fantastic episode. Now, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, make sure you follow Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman or X. Or X. I guess I don't know what it's technically called anymore. It could just be called X. It could just still be called Twitter. I don't know. But uh, make sure to follow me on Instagram. You can find me there at Blackman Logan. The show's Instagram account is The Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you like and follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Also, check out our latest video. We just posted a video actually today, August 22nd. It was recorded last Thursday. So there's some things that are a little out of date in regards to things we've talked about in the video, but we're going to go over the video here in a little bit, but make sure to go check that out on the YouTube channel as well. You can also find a link to that on every single form of social media we mentioned before, as well as you can find links to the Logan Blackman Show podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all those different forms as well. But make sure... Since you're listening right now, the only way you know what I'm saying at this point in time is if you're listening at this point in time, is to make sure and follow and subscribe to the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts, leave a rating out of five stars, and leave a description down below on why you feel the way you do. Man, huh. oh, we got a fun one. This is the the first, I guess, normal show. I don't, I don't really know what to call it. I don't really know what to call it. It is a normal-ish show. But we didn't do one Sunday, obviously, because we had we had Brady on, and we did all of our conference predictions for college football because college football is on Saturday. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, college football is back on Saturday. That is one of the craziest sentences you could possibly say. That is one of the craziest things you could say. College football is back on Saturday. Saturday. Like, in like what I talked about with Brady, at least I think we mentioned this with Brady, is like they, we had all other sports on. We had other sports on, like NFL preseason was on. We'll talk about NFL preseason here in a little bit. We had the Baltimore Ravens 24-game win streak come to a crashing end as the Washington Commanders played pretty much their entire starting team until the until halftime last night, risking an injury to Terry McLaurin, their number one receiver. But uh, it's not the same. Like, you got your little first taste of football. Like, we watched the Hall of Fame game here while we were recording a show, Browns versus Packers, or Browns versus every... It's just so weird to get my head around Aaron Rodgers not playing for the Packers. And it's been how many months since he's officially been a part of the New York Jets, and I still can't, like, we said this the other day. We were talking about, or the, the other week, when we were talking about Bryce Young's preseason debut. Who did he play against? The New York Jets. But since he was talking to Aaron Rodgers, we said when they played the Packers. But we knew they played the Jets. And he hasn't played a preseason game yet. I don't think he will play a preseason game. That, that is very smart. You have a 38-year-old quarterback with a guy who lost a lot of confidence these past two years in Zach Wilson. And from what all what I've gathered in seeing Zach Wilson, he looks a lot better than what he had previously. Now, this is just a short sample size in preseason, but it is signs that he could potentially, you know, not reach the potential what was once thought of him by very few people out there. Because remember, he was very much hated going into the draft process. We defended him quite a bit at his throughout his time at BYU on this show. But for the most part, people had a very strong disdain for Zach Wilson. It wasn't really anything that he did. It was just the fact that he was taken before Justin Fields, which is something he can't control. That is something he cannot control. But he's looking good. He's looking solid. He had a nice little spin move in their game last weekend. So he's looking solid. Working with Aaron Rodgers is obviously going to benefit him. And Rodgers like, hey, I'm going to be here for a couple years, and then I'm going to dip, and then Zach Wilson will take over for the next 15 years. If that happens, that would be insane. That would absolutely be insane. For Zach Wilson to go from what we've seen of him at this point in his NFL career to a guy who can start 15 years for one franchise 
That'd be absolutely, that would be ridiculous. I, I have a hard time visualizing that at this point in time, but preseason football is just not the same as the actual thing. And for a lot of us out there that are from states that don't have professional sports teams, or if they do, they're minor league professional sports teams. Like the state of Iowa and the city of Des Moines in particular are the sport minor league sports capital of the United States. At least they had that moniker for a short period of time. Let's look at, did they still hold it? Minor league sports capital. Is that is that going to be a thing? Is that something that people search? Best minor league sports cities in the country. Okay. Are they going to be on here? Five best. Is this just for baseball? No? Okay, for, for everything. I guess Toledo? That just shows the Mud Hens. But they're not showing any other sport teams they have there. Just Toledo? Okay. That's fine. Oh, they have the Toledo Walleye, who are a Western Conference of the ECHL. Cool. Hershey, Pennsylvania? You obviously got the Hershey Bears. Uh, yeah, nah, don't care. Don't care. Durham, North Carolina? Don't care. The, if you have a professional sports team in your state, you do not classify as a top five minor league sports city or state. Just in general, your state cannot be included. You have to go to states like Iowa, Montana, Nebraska, South Dakota, North Dakota, like states like that. You can't go to North Carolina. They have the Carolina Panthers. They have the Charlotte Hornets. They have the Carolina Hurricanes. I understand they're in different cities, but then Durham, which is where Duke is, but still, you can't you can't throw them in there. That's illegal. Fort Wayne, Indiana, same thing. Same thing. You got the Indianapolis Colts, Indiana Pacers. Charleston, South Carolina. Okay, that one's fine. South Carolina, that's fine. They don't have a professional sports team that I can think of off the top of my head at this point in time. So I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But this is livability. Who cares about livabilities.com's opinion? Yeah? No one cares. I want to rank not just five. I want all the, I want all every single minor league city that does not have a professional sports team, state that does not have a professional sports team, that has minor league sports, I want to see all those ranked and with Des Moines being number one. That's what my demand is. I need to see a list with Des Moines at number one. Because I feel like that was a thing that happened a couple years ago where Des Moines got properly named the minor league sports capital of the United States. I could have been dreaming that. Lord knows I've been to a lot of minor league sporting events. Like, my dad and I had season tickets to the Iowa Barnstormers for freaking years. I went to Iowa Chops games with some of you people out there listening. Don't even know what that is. Went to Chops games a lot in elementary school. Been to a thousand iCubs games. I worked for the Iowa Cubs for a summer. I went to the Iowa Energy games. And some of you out there don't even know who that is. I've yet actually, I don't think I've actually ever been to a Wolves game, though. I, I kind of lost my interest when uh, they stopped becoming the Iowa Energy because that's such a cool name. You had, like, Curtis Stinson on that team. Iowa State legend. Like, you had Curtis Stinson there. That was fun. Adam Haluska was there for a short period of time. Jeff Horner was there for a short period of time. Hakeem Warwick was there for a short period. Hassan Whiteside. Like, the Iowa Energy were just beautiful. Just a beautiful team. Beautiful team. And now they're no more. They're the Iowa Wolves. Iowa Wild, I think I've been to, like, three Iowa Wild games. But still, we have great facilities here. We have great, great facilities, and I have no idea what the point of this conversation was. I have absolutely no idea where I was going with this. Oh, yeah, back to go to college football. Like When you have a state that does not have a professional sports team, I know Iowa and Des Moines are trying their hardest to get that because they're building the whole soccer stadium. I guess if that's still becoming a thing, if Iowa's getting their professional soccer team, I think there's like a 0% chance Iowa gets an NFL team. There's no chance in that happening. The only sport, I, the sports I think they could like ease their way into is soccer, because the MLS is constantly talking about expansion, so you could get into there. 
and the NHL. That'd be it. You can't get in the NBA. You're not getting into the NBA here in Des Moines. You're not getting a Major League Baseball team here. You're not doing that. You already got the I-Cubs here. And they, they, imagine trying to compete with the Iowa Cubs for people going to your games. Like, come on. That'd be too, that would be impossible to try and deal with. So no chance of MLB, ML, NBA, or NFL. But NHL, potentially, potentially, if they become desperate enough and they want to keep talking about expansion, hey, we're all ears. We have the biggest skating rink in the Western Hemisphere, maybe in the world. Maybe in the world, in downtown Des Moines. In downtown Des Moines. What else, we, what, what else is our claim to fame? We have the Iowa State Fair. How many other states have an Iowa State Fair? How many other states have an Iowa State Fair? I'm making sure I'm reading, I'm saying that correctly. An Iowa State Fair. No other state has that. I challenge you to go find another state that has an Iowa State Fair. You can't. You can't do it. You cannot do that. Did I go to the Iowa State Fair this year? No, I did not. Why? No, no real idea. <laughs> no, real, no real idea this year. I haven't been to the fair actually in a little bit. I need to go back to there, but that's my pitch to get an NHL or a soccer team here, the state of Iowa. Again, the soccer team looks like it's happening. We'll need to see about the whole stadium thing, but yeah, football's needed. College football is definitely needed here in the state of Iowa. It's like a religion to some sort, like Kinnick Stadium and Jack Trice are like people's churches. Like that's where they go gather with the congregation and the priests and all that stuff. Like that's where they're going to get all their their religious it religion acti- religious activities in. They need it. They need it. There are some die 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 hard Iowa Iowa State fans that will not say anything positive about the other side. There are a lot of them out there. I used to be like that. I definitely used to be like that. I think not going to Iowa. And being away from Iowa State, like being like obviously, as you know, at this point, I'm an Iowa fan. But dealing with like, I don't know, we had a, a, a lot of my friends, as you may have figured out at this point, because I am so popular, <laughs> were Iowa State fans. So like going back and forth after an Iowa State game, after the refs screwed them out of something, and you had to listen to that the entire day at school, whether it was true or not, which 80 percent of the time just wasn't true. But you had to hear that all the time, so just feel your hatred, like stop bitching and moaning all the freaking time. But now that I'm out of that and don't really encounter it that often, I'm just like, hey, I could say good things about Iowa State. I hate Nebraska more than Iowa State at this point in time. I can say good things about Iowa State and not really bad an eye about it. I'm not going to cheer for them, but I'm not going to cheer against them in any way. There's not going to be me actively rooting for Iowa State, but I'm not going to be actively rooting against Iowa State. I don't think I ever did that. I don't think I actively rooted against Iowa State. Like, there's some people out there like, we need the Big Ten to win. So if Iowa State, I remember Iowa State played Minnesota in the Insight Bowl years ago. It was like Austin Arnod versus, who was the quarterback for Minnesota? Weber, I think was the quarterback at that time. Like, people would go, we're cheering for the Big Ten. We're cheering for the Big Ten against Iowa State. There are people like that out there. I was not like that. Because then you're stuck in a situation, what if Iowa State and Nebraska, like, okay, just entertain me here for a little bit. Imagine Nebraska in a bowl game, okay? Imagine that. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. But imagine Iowa State and Nebraska being together in a bowl game. And you're saying you're going to cheer for the Big Ten? No. No, then at that point, you're just going the whole Bane, Dark Knight Rises thing and hope the stadium just implodes on itself. And you're only left with one person left. In that case, it was Heinz Ward. But we're not having that situation here. We're not having that situation here on the Logan Blackman show. Like Brady's on. We talk about Iowa State freely on the show. But I did a show up in Cedar Falls or in Waterloo a few years ago when I was at UNI, and I had to be like the mediator 
between everybody, because I had two people on there, so Gary Rima was the host of the show, it was his show, OPR, on 1540 KXEL. Yeah, you know who Gary Rima is, he's one of the most well-known legendary sports broadcasters in the state of Iowa. He broadcast all the games for UNI Panthers football and basketball for freaking years. For years. And I did a show with him. So you got the pro- the play-by-play guy for UNI hosting a show. So you got the UNI guy there. Yeah, John, who well, I love John, he's now the play-by-play guy, or one of the play-by-play guys for Iowa baseball. And he went to Iowa. His dad and him have been to every Iowa Hawkeye football game his entire life, I'm pretty sure. He's the biggest Iowa fan I know. He will never say a positive word about Iowa State. He will never say a positive word about Iowa State. So I was kind of there like, well, someone's got to be like <laughs> halfway decent to this team. So I remember one time Gary read out some stats blindly, but it was one of those things. Like I did this show at that time. So I did this show at UNI before I would go up to Waterloo and record a show with them. Like, I already did it. He went over blind stats. It was Brock, the quarterbacks at the time were Brock Purdy, some of you may be familiar, Nate Stanley, and Will McElvain. He read through all the stats there, and I was like, well, I know who these are. I I literally did this exercise today. I said, well, I didn't go through stats blindly, but I said Brock Purdy is pretty unanimously, especially at that time. Now, I've never been a massive Nate Stanley fan. I was never a massive Nate Stanley fan at Iowa. So I, it was pretty easy for me to go, yeah, Brock Purdy's better. And that's even with the gift of hindsight. That's even with the gift of hindsight. You could say that now, of course, because he's in the NFL. He's a starter. He, he would, it would require him to melt on the sideline for him to not start for the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> they haven't even decided who their backup quarterback is. I just saw a thing today, Kyle Shanahan's good. They're going to talk about going to that through the start of the season, and it might change every week. So that tells me they're keeping both of them, at least for the time being. I mean, I, I don't blame him. I don't really blame him at this point. When you look at what happened in the NFC Championship game last year, we had Brock Purdy go down and then Josh Johnson go down. So he's probably like, hey, we need as many quarterbacks on this roster as humanly possible because Trey Lance and Sam Darnold aren't going to the practice squad. They're going to be on the active roster. How you want to organize them at that point, Lord knows. And hopefully for their sake, they don't need to realize that because they're, they're probably hoping Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt again. And he stayed relatively healthy at Iowa State. This was just a freak accident that happened, a freak injury that happened, and the game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Arm getting caught does not happen that <laughs> that insanely often, and especially to that extent. But I think at that time, going back to when I was working for OPR, like Brock Purdy was head and shoulders the best quarterback in the state of Iowa. Getting drafted? No, that was a different thing. I was never really on the thing that Brock Purdy would get drafted. I was shocked that he was drafted, not only drafted, drafted by a team that just traded heaven and earth to get Trey Lance the year prior. The year prior. And I'm, I'm not, like, extremely opposed to drafting quarterbacks. and Like, the Steelers in last year, they drafted Kenny Pickett and Chris Lodekin. Chris Lodekin is now in the Kansas State Chiefs. You look at the Washington then Redskins, you had RG3 and Kirk Cousins drafted in the same year. So, I mean, it works out sometimes. But sometimes it's a head-scratcher in a wasted roster spot. The Bills drafted Jake Fromm for whatever reason a couple years ago. He's now in the Commanders. He was on the Giants before. Like He's just bounced around team to team. So it kind of surprised me at that time. But you could not say one good thing about an Iowa State player on that show <laughs> for a little bit. And sometimes Gary would just prod at John. So their, 90% of their the show was them going back and forth about you and I and Iowa topics. And I would kind of like, 
inch my way in every once in a while. And I would like come forth like trivia questions. And so I was like the king of trivia questions. I would do like we would have segments where people would win prizes and they'd call and I answer the phones. And then I would give Gary would give us homework and we'd have to come up with trivia questions. So I would do that. I pride myself in my trivia question finding abilities. Like you, you heard me and Brady go back and forth and you heard Brady's awesome. He's alive and well. Like what kind of stupid ass clue is that? He has as many starts in the NFL as you or I. He was an All-American, and he's alive. Cool. <laughs> you know how many alive All-Americans are that played zero snaps in the NFL? You know how many of those people are there? There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. So I can, I pride myself on that. I pride myself on that. But, man, there's a lot of people out there that just live, breathe, die, whatever. We're getting to holy wars with college football here in the state of Iowa because we got nothing else to talk about, especially on the weekends. We got nothing else to talk about. It's just you if you're not you're if you're not for me, you're against me type attitude for a lot of people out there. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. Do not do not quote this as going like, oh, Logan's calling all these people stupid idiots. No. No, 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 no. I completely respect your opinion. If you want to go out there and cheer on your team and move heaven and earth to make sure you see them, good on you. Good on you. I wouldn't say I'm as big as a fan as I was when I was a kid. As just looking back, I think I was a much bigger fan back in the day than I am right now. And that's like I've seen Iowa go to a couple big or go to a Big Ten couple Big Ten championship games in the past, what, seven years? Saw CJ Beathard go lose to Michigan State. We saw Petrus go a couple years ago lose to Michigan. Like I've seen Iowa play some uh winning football. I shouldn't I almost said see them play good football. I've seen them play winning football. But like when I was a kid, I was infatuated with Iowa football infatuated with Iowa football. And now, since I didn't go to Iowa, and again, I think that has a lot to do with it, not going to Iowa, but I kind of see myself more as an NFL fan now. I don't know. And maybe it was because my dad was always around me with the Buffalo Bills and stuff like that. It was more my grandpa Roger that was on the college football stuff, but I do love college football. Do not get me wrong. I love the Iowa Hawkeyes. I will cheer them on. I will watch them every single week. But I'm just not as big as a a fan, I get. I don't really know how to word it. Would I ever wear Iowa State stuff? No. Would I ever wear any other colors than Iowa or U and I? No. Because I, William Penn, I guess. Because I played at William Penn and I went to U and I. Grew up an Iowa fan. So you see the the constant battle I bet I deal with. <laughs> but I love going to U and I games as well. I don't want to shortchange U and I there. I loved going to U and I games where I was there. I love going to U and I games now. Pretty easy to get into. Pretty much begging people to come there at this point. Which I don't blame anybody. I don't blame them that don't go to those games because I've said this before. No one has ever, no one grew up here in the state of Iowa. And this is the fact. You can take it or leave it however you want. No one in the state of Iowa really grew up to be a UNI fan. There's a handful, of course. I understand that. But unless you went to UNI. You didn't really grow up just being a UNI fan. Like, neither one of my parents went to Iowa. My mom actually went to Iowa State. Like, neither one of my parents went there. So it's like, why was I such a big Iowa fan? Lord knows, I had a grandpa that was infatuated with Iowa. So he got me involved in it. You don't have those people with UNI. I've been to UNI. I went to UNI for two and a half years. I've been to UNI football games. I've been in Cedar Falls. You will see more Iowa Hawkeye flags then you and I Panthers flags in Cedar Falls. I promise you. I promise you. Game day when you and I was playing and Iowa was on at the same time, what do you think the house was watching? 
I had you and I on my phone, and the house was watching Iowa football. So I had both on at the same time. So like we go here, we got to support them in some capacity. I can tell you a lot about you and I football. I think they're going to be a good team this year. We got a preview video coming out next week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. So yeah, we've got a whole Iowa, Iowa State, you and I preview video coming out. We're going to split it up into three, I think. It was originally planned to be a whole video, but it kind of got separated a little bit, so we might need to redo it. And I got a video coming out on Thursday as well. We're going to have our preseason quarterback rankings. I know we did these kind of already, like back in May or whatever, May or June. I don't remember when exactly, but that was a long time ago. Things changed. Scouting departments have changed <laughs> in regards to the Logan Blackman show. Opinions could change across time, and you know, we're going to make an updated list. We're going to have a video coming out for that. We got our NFL preview coming out there as well. We're going to make weekly videos in regards to the quarterback rankings. We'll have other videos in the week as well. So just make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel there. And again, go check out the video we posted today. But for today, I know this is kind of a long-winded talk about college football, but it's an important topic here in the state of Iowa. It's a beautiful thing. I get Phil Steele's college football preview every single year. I've gotten it for, it feels like, the past 25 years of my life. I know it has. It might not have been out for 25. I definitely don't have 25 of these, but... <laughs> But about 15 years, I've been getting these things. And I got it right next. I got the 2023 and 22 one next to me. I got the 2021 one and 2021 sitting in my room right now. So it's a big deal. I love college football. Maybe I'm not as big of an Iowa fan as I was back then, but I still love college football the same. I'll get up every morning, watch the most random bullshit game. I remember a few years ago, we watched Kansas versus Coastal Carolina at 930 at night for whatever reason. That was like the welcome to the national stage, Coastal Carolina, for that like year and a half they were. And I'm probably going to sit down and watch UMass versus New Mexico State, which is a game Brady and I joked about here on the show. Because it's college football. It's real football. I'm obviously going to watch USC San Jose State. I'm obviously going to watch Notre Dame Navy. I got a fantasy football draft that night, though, and that morning. So it, we're going to have a chaotic day on Saturday. We got college football, first weekend of college football and all that stuff. Ugh. But I wanted to do this real quick, and that's not really a real quick thing. But on Monday's show, I almost said Saturday because that's when we recorded it. On Monday's show, Brady and I went through our conference champions. And we picked a loser for East Conference. Like We have, we went through and said, hey, this is the team that's going to win this. This is the team that's going to come in last. And we're going to check in on these as the season progresses. Probably about halfway through the year. At least that's what the goal is. So for those of you who didn't listen to Monday's show, here are our predictions. So the ACC, we both played Florida State to win it. Big 10, I picked Michigan, and he picked Penn State. I think those are the two favorites at this point in time. Big 12, I picked Texas, he picked Kansas State. Pac-12, we both picked USC. SEC, I picked Georgia, he picked LSU. And for the MAC, just to have some fun, I picked Ohio, and he picked Toledo. And then for the losers, ACC, I picked Virginia, he picked Georgia Tech. Big 10, we both picked Northwestern. There's no real, you know... No real study need to be done on that one. And then we got the Big 12. I picked Houston. He picked UCF. Pac-12, I picked Stanford. He picked Arizona State. SEC, we both picked Vanderbilt. And the MAC, I picked Kent State. He picked Akron. So we're going to we're gonna check on those as the season progresses. But I thought this would be fun. I stole this idea from Barstool. I don't remember what the show is called exactly. I think it's Unnecessary Roughness, if I remember, remember correctly. But Power 5, Com, we're not going to include the MAC here. I'm sorry. But... We're going to go through each conference. We're going to go the championship game, or the champion, the champion, sorry, the title game, the surprise team, disappointing team, worst team, player of the year, and coach of the year. So we'll start off with the ACC, obviously. We have the champion, Florida State. We have the, the worst team being Virginia. 
I think Virginia because of the fact I we brought this up on Monday. Brendan Armstrong, who has been the quarterback for Virginia for the past few years now, it was kind of one of those things where if he didn't perform to the top top level, Virginia was going to be ass. They were going to lose games. Their defense was not good enough in any capacity to compete with anybody if their offense wasn't scoring a bunch of points. Like, they are not a very good football team. And they did get a dude from Monmouth to be their starting quarterback this year, but losing a guy like Brendan Armstrong, who you were so heavily reliant on, is not great. It's not great. Now, not only that, but going to a conference rival, in a sense, in NC State, it's not ideal. With Devin Leary going to Kentucky, but I think Virginia, safely, I'm comfortable saying Virginia's going to come in last. And Florida State, I, I I stuck between them and Clemson, but I think North Carolina will be in there as well. And I think with North Carolina, it's kind of a similar situation to Virginia to a lesser extent. But if Drake May and the offense aren't clicking on all cylinders, it's going to be a semi-long day for North Carolina. We saw them in the ACC championship game last year. Like, if you look at some of the games last year, I'm going to try and pull these up real quick. Hold up. Wait a minute. There we go. So you saw them in the ACC championship game last year, but you had a game against Notre Dame. 32 points scored on offense. That's usually enough for you to get a win. There are games in the season they scored less than 32 points and got a win. And they allowed 45. You look at the game against NC State, double overtime. You allowed 30. A game against Clemson, you allowed 39. Like, North Carolina's defense is not very good. And I'm intrigued by Pitt. I am very intrigued by Pitt. With Phil Yurkovic coming in, I really like Phil Yurkovic from Boston College. It was just a situation where he plays for Boston College. I know they had Zay Flowers, but that was about it. That was about it, and he battled some injuries throughout his time at Boston College. Israel, Israel's gone. Big loss in the running game, but still, it's a solid team. It's a very solid team. And they'll be right up there in the top of the ACC as well, but I do think it's a battle between Clemson and Florida State at this point in time. Surprise team? Who would we want to say is a surprise team? Because we're doing this on the fly here. We're doing this on the fly. I'm not, I'm not, would it be Miami? Or Duke? Duke with Riley Leonard. I really like Riley Leonard. I really like Riley Leonard. So maybe Duke would be that surprise team. They don't have the greatest defensive unit of all time, but I, I think it might be Duke. I, I guess I don't know what Duke's expectations are going into the season. Wake Force will be interesting without Sam Hartman there because remember he transferred Notre, to Notre Dame. So we'll have to see. But I think Miami might. It, it, Miami's will all just to be dependent on how good their offense is. Because last year, Tyler Van Dyke, I really liked Tyler Van Dyke. And they were getting talking about him transferring to like Alabama last offseason, or this past offseason, but he stayed. And Mario Cristobal is back again as the head coach. If they can get shit figured out there, they can be a very good team. But they had games like against Middle Tennessee State. It got blown out. It's like some random-ass game that they just could not compete with, and I don't know why. And surprise team could be a bad thing as well. So maybe in North Carolina, just with how not very great their defense usually is, maybe they're a little bit worse than what I'm expecting them to be. But surprise team in a good way would probably lean Duke just because they got Riley Leonard. Disappointing team? Well, again, I don't know what the expectations are for some of these teams in the ACC. But disappointing team? Again, I kind of folded with my, with North Carolina. I think they could be a disappointing team. They got the best quarterback in the conference and Drake May. But... They don't really have a lot else going for them at this point in time. Like, Josh Downs is gone. Josh Downs just went to the NFL. So that's a big, big loss for your offense. Super talented receiver. Super, super talented receiver. And Drake May, like Virginia, is so heavily reliant. North Carolina is so heavily reliant 
on Drake May. Like, he not only led him in passing yards, obviously, but he led him in rushing yards as well. He had seven, almost 700 yards rushing last year. But they need him to do well. They need him to do well. If they're not, if they're going to do anything, they need Drake. And he will. He will. Drake May's one of the again, one of the best quarterbacks in the con- in the country, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft. And I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I wouldn't be shocked if he was the first quarterback taken in the draft. It wouldn't honestly surprise me. So maybe North Carolina could be the disappointing team, worst team, Virginia player of the year. If if North Carolina makes the conference championship game, it'll be Jordan. It'll be uh, Drake May. But I think it'll probably be Jordan Travis from Florida State. I'm expecting a lot of things from Jordan Travis this year. I, I like him a lot. He had a good season last year. Florida State kind of caught fire at the end towards the end of last season and started getting really good. I think they're going to carry that momentum into this season. And then for coach of the year, uh, might as well go Norvell, Mike Norvell, winning the conference. When was Florida State's last conference title? Do we have that anywhere? Because it's been a fat minute. It's been a very, probably 2014. Was that their last conference title? Florida State football. Go to their Wikipedia page or something. Last conference title. Where is this? Conference title. Oh, it was 2014. We were right. Nice. So, yeah, a decade later, nine years, decade later, like, might as well. Might as well. Your last division title was 2014. So, if Mike Norvell can get that done this year, I think he might be the coach of the year. But, in that same breath, if we have a good season from Duke, Mike Elko could be the coach of the year as well. And then in that case, Riley Leonard could probably be the player of the year as well. But I, th- I would probably lean towards Jordan Travis and uh, Mike Norvell winning those uh, awards if Florida State is able to accomplish that. But Drake May is the best player in the conference. We know that. Drake May is the best player in the conference. Maybe like Will Shipley wins it. Maybe Will Shipley wins it. Or Jared Verse from Florida State as well. One of the best edge rushers. They're not the best edge rusher in the draft class. So he could be another one that could win it, definitely. But moving on to the Big Ten. Moving on to the Big Ten Conference of the Champion. We've already said Michigan, but I think it'll be Michigan, Penn State, or Ohio State. In that order. I like Ohio State a lot. I like Ohio State. I mean, you look at their roster right now. The only question is Carson Beck. We'll have to see how Carson Beck does. Or not Carson Beck. That's Georgia's quarterback. Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord. Carson Beck just actually got named the starting quarterback for Georgia. But you look at the players they got. They got Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams, Emeka Ibuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., Julian Fleming, Cade Stover. That is a great, great group of weapons right there for a young quarterback. And for young, I mean experience-wise. Not necessarily the age, but experience-wise. Off the line, you got two new tackles. Remember Paris Johnson, Dwayne, Dewan Jones are both gone. So you got two new tackles. You got Josh Simmons transferring from San Diego State. We'll see how he does there. JT Tuli Malau on the defensive line, one of the best edge rushers in the draft coming up. Jack Sawyer. Tommy Eichenberg still kicking around. Feels like he's been there for about 100 years. But Ohio State's got talent. Ohio State's got talent. I just don't think the talent this year is going to be. I think Michigan's got a firm, set idea. If you can control the ground game like Michigan can, you got two of the best running backs in the conference, best running back duo in college football, arguably, and Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. If you can control the line of scrimmage, control the run game, control the clock, you can win, especially if J.J. McCarthy takes that step that everybody's expecting him to take. Definitely. He could definitely be in that conversation. But Penn State is more on the defensive side of things. Like, they got so many good players on the defensive side of the ball. (laughs) Like, you got Chop Robinson. You got Adissa Isaac in there. You got Abdul Carter at linebacker. You got Curtis Jacobs at linebacker. You got arguably the best cornerback in college football on Kalen King. 
Like, you got so many good players on this team. And then on offense, you got Olufashanu, who might be the best tackle in the draft. You got Singleton at running back. You got Drew Alar, who a lot of people are expecting big things from this year. Like, there's a lot to be excited about for Penn State. But I think, again, Michigan, I think they got the best quarterback in the conference. They got the best running game in the conference. They got the best offensive line in the conference. So I think those kind of things will help them get to the conference title. I think they'll beat Iowa. Iowa-Wisconsin It's one of those two. It's kind of a similar situation where I think there's one or three, two to three teams that are really good are going to compete for their division title, and then that's it. Like, Wisconsin's going to be interesting how Luke Fickle does in his first year. Tanner Mordecai coming in is a massive get. Very big get. You have Braylon Allen in the backfield. This is the first time I've been like, oh, Wisconsin's actually got decent quarterback play because Tanner Mordecai can actually play. And then you got, like, Illinois, who's going to be solid defensively. You got Jazon Newton there. Like, they've got key players. Now, you did lose the Brown brothers and Sydney and Chase Brown. Jertavius Martin just got a pick yesterday against uh, Josh Johnson for the Ravens. Losing those guys is very big, but they're still going to be a solid team. Surprise team? Who would be the surprise team in the Big Ten? Who would be the surprise team? Northwestern winning more than one game would surprise me. Who do I think would be the one win, though? Who do I think would be the one win for Northwestern, looking at their schedule this year? Okay, Rutgers. They might beat UTEP. They might beat UTEP. Like, last year, their only win was against Nebraska. Only win was against Nebraska. Like, this team is bad. Rutgers, maybe. UTEP, maybe. Duke, no. Minnesota, Penn State, Howard. Middle of the year, Howard, okay. Then Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa at Wrigley. Wisconsin, Purdue, Illinois. So, yeah, they, you know what? They might win more than one game. <laughs> they, they might. They might. I'm intrigued to see what Purdue does with, like, Hudson Card. They got a new head coach as well, because remember, Braum went down to Louisville. So, they got a new coach, new culture in there. So, we'll see how that does. I don't really know if there's any real surprise teams here. Maybe Illinois. But, again, I, Illinois is kind of expected to compete in the, or the West, in the West with Iowa and Wisconsin. Nebraska, possibly. Because of the fact that you've got Matt Rulin, who's a very good college coach, not a great NFL coach, a good college coach. And you got Jeff Sims transferring in from Georgia Tech, who's a very solid quarterback. And you got options. You got options there. But again, I think there's those top five teams, and that's pretty much it. I don't really see foresee anybody creeping in there, especially a it's like I don't think Michigan State's gonna be very good. I don't think Rutgers gonna be Indiana, Northwestern. Like Minnesota and Illinois, they already got like decent expectations. So I don't know if they'd be surprise teams. Maryland, maybe, with Tualia Tagovailoa. They got a good passing offense. I know they lost Dante Dimas and uh, Rakeem Garrett, Jarrett, but, you know, they're, they're a solid team. They're a solid, so maybe them. Maybe I, But, again, I don't think they'll make the title game. So what would be a surprise for that? I, I don't know. Disappointing team? Which team would disappoint? Uh, maybe Purdue? Maybe they just went to the conference championship game last year. I understand they lost Braum, but I, 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 maybe that's it. Is that the disappointment? Purdue? You go to a conference championship game and not do anything close to what you did last year? Because I don't really think they'll be close to what they were last year. Like Aiden O'Connell, uh, Tyrone Tracy. Uh, I don't know why I said Tyrone Tracy first. Charlie Jones was the main guy there. <laughs> it, it, maybe them. I think there'd be your disappointment this year. Worst team, we already said Northwestern. Disappointment also. I don't know. Minnesota. I think Minnesota could be one of those teams. Player of the year, I mean, it's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr., isn't it? Or Blake Corum. Those are the two obvious ones. If it weren't for those guys, 
Because those are, again, those are the main, 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 main guys we're, like, <laughs> we're looking at. Is there anybody else I could see, really? Nicholas Singleton? Nick Singleton from Penn State? I think he could be very instrumental to with Penn State competing for a conference title this year. But it's, it's Marvin Harrison. It's Marvin Harrison. And then Coach of the Year depends on who makes the conference championship game. Depends on who, if Wisconsin makes the conference championship game. Let's say hypothetically Wisconsin does. They go from 7-6 and six to making the conference championship game with Luke Fickle in. I think I think he would probably win it at that point. I don't. They wouldn't win. I think any, the winner from the Big Ten will come out of the East for the next foreseeable future. I don't really see that changing anytime soon. Maybe we'll. I, I, you can't even really say like Franklin because they went eleven and two last year. I, I would probably say Fickle, going from seven and six to a conference. That's if they go to a conference championship game. I think they'll go probably nine and three. I have them beating Iowa, but I think Iowa will go ten and two. Because Iowa's schedule is extremely easy. And they avoid Ohio State. I mean, they play Penn State, but they avoid Ohio State. So, you know, you count your loss. You count your dubs and losses there. We got Buffalo, Washington State at Washington State, a team they lost to last year, actually, in, in Camp Randall. Georgia Southern at Purdue. Rutgers, Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State, Indiana, Northwestern, Nebraska, Minnesota. A Minnesota team they lost to last year as well. So, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But we'll say the coach of the year would probably be Luke Fickle if they make the conference championship. If not, probably go Ference. That, that would be my guess. Because the other teams, the three teams that are top, are already expected to be good. And Wisconsin and Iowa were not at that level last year. The other teams were. Big 12. Moving on to the Big 12. The Big 12 conference. Uh, the champion, we've already said, is Texas. And I think the Big 12 championship. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Did I say this earlier? Did I say Michigan-Iowa for the Big Ten Championship game? Yeah. And then Penn State-Iowa for the other one there. Wisconsin's there as well, too. But Champions-Texas, I think they beat Kansas State. I really like Will Howard at quarterback. I really like Chris Kleiman. He's got those those dogs absolutely working over there. Conference champs last year. I think losing Deuce Vaughn's massive. Losing Adrian Martinez, again, you have Will Howard there. I think Will Howard's a better quarterback than Adrian Martinez, so I'm not really concerned about that. But... I think Texas will ultimately win it. And I saying that, I do think Texas will lose to Iowa State that same breath. Surprise team? Um, who would be the surprise team in the Big 12? I don't even know who you would necessarily maybe Cincinnati. Just because of the fact they have so many they have a new coach. They have like 1,800 transfers. Guys coming in. Their receiving core is all new guys. Emory Jones from Florida transferred in. Phil Steele predicted them to come in last in the conference. Like, I think that would classify as a surprise team. I think they would classify as a surprise. They'll be solid defensively. They always are. And they can get that stuff. The, the offense is just a giant question mark. They have three stars returning. The rest of their players are all transfers. So maybe they're the surprise team. Maybe that's who the surprise team is this year. Uh, worst disappointing team. Disappointing team. I would say probably TCU. TCU would probably be my disappointing team because I think it was kind of one of those situations where they caught lightning in a bottle doing set. I there's no way they're gonna go 13 and two again. They lost every starter apart from three. I do think Chandler Morris having him already there because remember he was the starter above Max Duggan at TCU and he got hurt, which saw Max Duggan get his starting job back. Like Chandler Morris can play. Chandler Morris can play. So they're good at quarterback, but they lost a lot of like. You look at Kendra Miller at running back, Quentin Johnson at wide receiver, Steve Avila 
on the offensive line. That's just three, not including Max Duggan, who was a Heisman finalist. Let's not forget that. You got Travis Hodges Tomlinson. You lost him as well. You lost, uh, who's the linebacker again? D. Winters. You lost him as well. Like, these are very key, 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 key people from last season. And you're just going to try and replace them. It's not going to be easy. I just have a hard time picturing them being like up there with the Big 12 again. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll win probably seven games. But I don't know. They're ranked preseason, which is understandable. I mean, they won the national championship game. But we'll see. We'll see. Worst team, we already said that was going to be uh, Houston. And my thing with Houston was mostly because they lost their quarterback and best wide receiver in Tank Dell and uh, Clayton Toon. I think those two were so instrumental to their success last year. Like, look at Clayton Toon. We talk about freaking Drake May and what he did in North Carolina, what Brent Armstrong did for Virginia. Clayton Toon also led Houston in rushing yards. Now they got Donovan Smith, the guy who played for Texas Tech, who is all right, I guess. But losing Clayton Toon is is very big. It's very big. And I don't think they'll go understate. So I think Houston will be the worst team. Player of the year, this is where it gets a little interesting. I would probably lean towards Quinn Ewers just because I think Texas will win the Big 12. I think Quinn Ewers, potential-wise, is the best quarterback in the Big 12. And usually it will go to the quarterback. That would be my bet at this point. Is there anybody else I would really, I would like to mention in there? Xavier Worthy. Adani Mitchell, also from Texas. There's a bunch of Texas guys to start off. Like Dylan Gabriel, depends on what, te- what Oklahoma does. They could be the surprise team. I mean, no one's expecting them to be 6-6 six and six again. They're 7-6 and six or 6-7, six and seven, whatever they were last year. No one's expecting that again. Will, Will Howard, if they win the conference? I don't know. I, I, I'm leaning Quinn Ewers and Coach the Year Sarkeesian. If Texas gets back to being a conference champion, then yeah, it'll be Sark. If not, give it to give it to Kleiman. But that'll be my guess. Or give it who's Cincinnati's new coach again? If they do better than what the teams people are expecting from them, Scott Satterfield. So if you get if you get Cincinnati in the top half of the Big Twelve, I think that's a dub. So yeah, we'll go we'll go with Sarkeesian for coach of the year. Pac twelve, Pac twelve conference uh, champs USC. We already said that. Conference title game, we're going to go with USC versus Utah. I think that's the simplest game to go. And it's a fun game. Like, Scott, like Whittingham will always have these guys rolling. He'll always have these guys rolling. Like, the past few years, they run the Pac-12. They run the Pac-12. Cameron Rising is back. Dalton Kincaid leaving, going to the NFL to go to the Bills. It's great. I'm very, I'm very for that. I'm very, very for that. But he'll be a big loss for Utah. But having Cam Rising back, a guy who's very experienced, a guy who's played in a few Pac-12 title games and won a few Pac-12 title games, I think is very important. I think Washington and Oregon will definitely be mentioned up there as well. Like, you look at Penix at Washington, you look at Bo Nix at Oregon, like, there, you've got good people in place there. you got very good people in place. And they got other players there as well, but those are the main, main, main guys we're going to be looking at here. But uh, surprise team in the Big 12 or the Pac-12, who would be the surprise? I don't want to say Colorado, just because they. Have, I don't really know if that would be a surprise team. Maybe they'd be the disappointing team, because people are expecting them to win like seven games. And there's some people out there think they could get bowl eligible. I don't think they'll get bowl eligible. So would that put them down in the disappointing category? Is that where they would go with that? Go with the disappointing? Potentially? Potentially as a surprise team, would that be... I don't know, but as a surprise team, would UCLA be a surprise? I mean, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's gone. 
And he's playing very, very well for the Browns the preseason right now. And I understand it's only the preseason, but still. And UCLA went 9-4 and four last year. But hey, they got a solid team. Chip Kelly's got these dogs rolling. Zach Charbonnet's gone. DTR's gone. Your top receivers are gone. So, hey, I think that'd be a little bit surprised if UCLA was, you know, up there with the upper echelon of the Big 12 or the Pac-12 again. I do think so. So maybe their surprise team. Disappointing team would probably be Colorado just because I don't think they're going to be very good. And there, again, there's some people that think they could be very good. They won one game last year. They won one game last year. I think that's getting lost on some people. But also as well, I don't know. Washington State's not a great all-around team. But I really like Cameron Ward. They lost some people in the transfer portal this offseason as well. I like Cameron Ward a lot. But I think they might also fall in that disappointing team category because they were 7-6 and six last year. I could see them not making a bowl game this year. Worst team, Stanford. We've already talked about that. Losing David Shaw. Tanner McKee, that team was bad last year. I don't know. They're not They're not very good. They're not very They were unwatchable last year. And I watched every single Stanford game last year. They are unwatchable. Absolutely unwatchable. And then player of the year, Caleb Williams. I mean, obviously. And then coach of the year, probably Lincoln Riley. Because I bet USC will go to the college football playoff this year. That'd be my bet. And then SEC, the final conference here, uh, Georgia winning it. I have the conference championship game going between Georgia and LSU. I really like LSU. I like LSU a lot. Alabama's going to be interesting because I think Alabama definitely could. I mean, it's Alabama. You never want to write off Alabama. We've talked about before that they're not the same Alabama as what we've seen in years past. But I think, again, I kind of had a reflection on this. I kind of sat back and thought about this when Brady and I were doing it. And before Brady came on the show, I thought was thinking about my conference champion and all that stuff. We obviously had Georgia in there. But Alabama, the big problem I had was the quarterback position. But if you look at Alabama through the years they were dominating everybody, like they didn't always have the most insane quarterback play, and they were still a very dominant team. And if they go back to running the ball, like with Chase McClellan, could definitely be one of those guys. He's not Jameer Gibbs. But he could definitely be one of those guys for you that could just pound the rock consistently for you. You have another year with these receivers who were all brand new last year. And what we saw last year from Alabama was that they were too heavily reliant on Bryce Young. If Bryce Young didn't work, nothing was working for Alabama. Absolutely nothing was working. So if they go away from that and go to, let's run the ball down your freaking throat mentality, then I think they could be back right up there for sure. They got Caden Proctor from Southeast Polk this offseason as well, so they could do it. They could definitely do it. I don't I don't really think there's a, a ruling amount for doing that, but... I do think LSU will be that team that goes to the SEC championship game. I think Jaden Daniels is a very, very good quarterback. We've been high on Jaden Daniels for years. He had almost 1,000 yards last year, rushing last year. He looked his best as a passer. He has his entire college career. We got Malik Neighbors there. One of the be- That could be one of the best receiving quarterback duos in college football this next season. They really could. They really could. They've got a lot of potential this next season. But it's a matter for them to, you know, reach it. But I think it will be Georgia winning it against LSU or Alabama. Just depending on what Alabama shows up. But LSU's got a tough schedule. They got a tough schedule. They got Florida State week one, which is an insane game and on Sunday. So it's all by itself. No NFL football that, game, that day. Tough game. Tough game. And they got at Alabama. Tough game. So that at Alabama game on November 4th, that's going to be the – what side of the conference is this? Is this the West? Yeah. The SEC West. That was what... Well, obviously, it's the West. What am I talking about? But surprise team. 
Surprise team in the the SEC. Would it be South Carolina? But on the on the same thing with the title game, I would love to see Tennessee in there too. I want to see Joe Milton and all those guys ball out there. Maybe South Carolina, Kentucky. Because Kentucky's going to be a weird one because they don't have Will Levis anymore. But remember, they got in freaking Devin Leary. We brought this up a little bit ago. Like, bringing in Devin Leary is a really nice get for Kentucky. Very nice get. And you got all your receivers back as well. You may have lost Chris Rodriguez as well. Big loss. Will Levis, decent loss. But bringing in Devin Leary, different style of quarterback, but still good quarterback. Very good quarterback. And all your weapons are back. All your receiving options are back. That's all you can ask for. So in regards to that, it could I think it might be Kentucky. Because people are going to look down on them because of the fact they lost Will Levis and all those guys. But receivers are all back. It was a shaky receiving core last year. But, hey, that was young receiving core. Now they're a little bit more mature, so we'll see how they do this year with Devin Leary. He's a famously, or not famously, but he's a more accurate passer. He doesn't do anything that necessarily wows you like Will Levis did at times last year, but or the season before that even. And you could look at that as a good or bad way. I don't, really, <laughs> I don't really care. But Leary's a very consistent quarterback, so I think he'll be good for Kentucky. So they could be the surprise team. Disappointing team? Florida is someone I'm a little intrigued by. Florida is someone I'm very intrigued by because I don't know how Graham Mertz is going to work in this offense. Like, if you look at the the quarterbacks Bill Napier has had in recent years, like Levi Lewis at Louisiana, remember him when he, for you Iowa State fans out there that watched uh, Levi Lewis run all over you and beat you guys by like 31 to 14 or something? Levi Lewis, and then you got Anthony Richardson last year. Graham Mertz is not like that. Graham Mertz is not like any of those quarterbacks that you've had before. So I don't know how this is all going to work. You weren't very good last year. You weren't very good last Where the hell is Florida? Why can't I find Florida anywhere? <laughs> I'm trying to talk, but I'm also trying to like find the Florida Gators page. There they are. Good Lord. I don't know. I like Trevor Etienne. I like Trevor Etienne. The running with Travis Etienne's younger brother. I like Ricky Pearsall at wide receiver, but I'm just not I'm not sold in this team. Defensively, they're not bringing back a lot of people. A lot of your key guys from last year starting are gone. You lost Osiris Torrance on the offensive line, which is a big-ass loss, literally and figuratively. I don't know. It might be Florida's disappointing team. I don't think they'll be the worst team, but I, Graham Mertz is just somebody I, I've watched him in Wisconsin. I don't know how this will work with Bill Napier's style of offense. He's not like any of their quarterbacks he's had. So if he's adaptable, then sure. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Maybe they just go extremely run heavy with Travis with Trevor Etienne. Maybe that's how they go last year. Uh, worst team Vanderbilt. Yeah, we've already we've already kind of decided on that one. Best player or player of the year, Brock Bowers, tight end. I mean, he's probably the best overall player in the conference, at least on the offensive side of the ball. It'd probably be Brock Bowers. Because I think, again, I think Georgia will win the SEC championship game. Is there anybody else that's like Raheem Sanders from Arkansas? But I don't know how great Arkansas will be. Probably Brock Bowers. He'll probably be my player of the year. Dallas Turner. Ooh, Dallas Turner or Kool-Aid McKinstry are definitely two options from Alabama. Two Definitely two options. Joe Milton, if Joe Milton balls out like I think he will because of the offense this team runs, he could definitely be up there as well. But coach of the year, do you want to go Saban? 
if they make the SEC championship game just because of the fact they change their offense completely back to the normal stuff that we see Alabama run? Is that what you want to see? Because they're not going Bryce Young-centric anymore? Maybe maybe him? Maybe you see Mark Stoops win Coach Seabree. Talk about Kentucky being one of the surprise teams. It's maybe Mark Stoops? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's what probably we're going to do. That's probably what we're going to do. Maybe see Kirby Smart win it because people will be shocked when Georgia wins another conference title. Goodness gracious. But, man, those are our conference predictions, Power 5 conference predictions, champion, child game, surprise team, disappointing team, worst team, player of the year, and coach of the year. I should have wrote this down. I don't have any of this written down. We were just kind of riffing. So, title, I got to go through this again. Title game was for ACC was Florida State-Clemson, obviously. Surprise team. Who did we say the surprise team was in the ACC? Who did we, did we say Miami? Who? Okay, now I got to go back. <laughs> Who did we say was in the ACC? Who was the surprise team in the ACC? Hold up. Hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Who did I say? Duke? It was Duke or Miami, I think is what we said. NC State? I'd probably go Duke. Duke. I think Duke's got less expectations than Miami does. Duke or Miami. Let's just go Duke slash Miami. So I think that's a good... Those are my two. Disappointing team? We said it could be North Carolina. Could be North Carolina. Miami could definitely fall in that category as well, but they were kind of doing that last year, so I don't think people would be too surprised going into this year. Worst team was Virginia. We had Drake May as the player of the year. We'll do... Slash Jordan Travis. Coach of the year, Mike Norvell. Disappointing team. Who do we want to have as the disappointing team? I don't I don't know if we actually gave a firm, definitive answer here. Disappointing team, probably North Carolina, right? If they're not in the ACC championship game, I think that'd be a disappointment, right? Or at least in that conversation. Big Ten, we had Michigan, Michigan-Iowa, surprise team. We didn't really have a surprise. We'll go Maryland, I guess, was the surprise team. Disappointing team was... Did we have a disappointing I don't think we even said a disappointing team for the Big Ten. Yeah, I should have wrote this down. I was not writing this down at all. Disappointing team for the Big Ten. We had Nebraska in there as well. There was really no disappointing. I- was Iowa-Wisconsin. I would not be surprised. <laughs> it would be disappointing. Minnesota, I don't know, because I don't think anybody breaks into the top five that we talked about earlier. Probably Michigan State, but they weren't very good last year. Who would you define as a disappointment for the Big Ten? Because I think Iowa's console will be good. I think Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan will be good. The rest of them I just don't really have any real expectations for. I don't know. We'll skip that one. <laughs> Worst team, Northwestern. Player of the year, Martin Harrison. Coach of the year will go Luke Fickle if he gets them back to a, you know, competent level that we haven't seen Wisconsin at for a couple years. We had Texas champion. We had them playing Kansas State. Surprise team was Cincinnati just because big question mark. Disappointing team was TCU. Worst team was Houston. Player of the year was Quinn Ewers and coach of the year was Sark. See, easy. Easy in. I don't know how to spell his name, sorry. Back 12, USC champion, child game, USC, UCLA, surprise team. 
Again, we could do surprisingly bad. Surprisingly bad can work. Was Colorado in the surprise team thing? Colorado could be in there. They were probably the disappointment because I, I think again people think they're going to be better than what they are. UCLA was that my surprise team? Oregon State could be a pretty surprising team. I mean, I like Arizona. I like a I like De La Rua, the quarterback there. We'll probably go UCLA. Disappointing team, Colorado. Because again, I think people think they're going to be better than what they are. Uh, conference champ, uh, coach of the year, Lincoln Riley. Again, if USC wins a conference championship, it's like C- Steve Stark. If they win a conference championship, it's over. Uh, SEC, Georgia, title game, Georgia LSU, surprise team. We had Kentucky. Disappointing team, we're going to have Florida. I don't know what, I they could come in last. I wouldn't honestly be too shocked by that. we go Brock Bowers, player of the year, coach of the year. We'll go Mark Stoops. We'll go Mark Stoops for Coach of the Year. So those are our predictions. Those are our predictions for the the Power Five conferences. You're no Mac, no Mac included there. And there's other players we could have mentioned there as well. If you're disappointed we didn't mention somebody, I do apologize. We'll try to be better next time we do this. So we'll review all this in the middle of the year. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But we'll do the same thing with Brady again. We talk about with the the conference champions and winners and losers and all that stuff. But with the the top, well, let's uh, let's actually. Let's look at some of the games this weekend. No, no, we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk about or tomorrow. We'll talk about that Friday. Preseason football, real quick, really quick. So we talk about the we talked mentioned this earlier about the Ravens losing their twenty four game win streak, which people are blowing up on social media in regards to this is so stupid. This is so it's preseason. It really isn't that deep. I'm tired of seeing it on my social media accounts. Whether regards to people thinking it's cool, or other people think it's stupid. It literally could not bother me in the slightest. And Washington celebrating like they did after beating the, the Ravens, I thought was fine. You got fourth and fifth stringers in the game. They need to celebrate. Act like you care because you're fighting for your job. That could be the last time some of those people even play in the NFL. So, yeah, celebrate it. Celebrate it. I thought it was cool. Sam Howell, I thought it looked really good last night. Got named the starter, looked good. We know Sam Howell can be good. We saw him in North Carolina. The dude can play. Surprised he went all the way in the fifth round. That was that was shocking. He went in the fifth round. He's better than a fifth round talent. But if it works out in Washington, I mean, you look at some of the players he has around him. Good running game with nice balance between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. You got Dynami Brown. I don't know why we mentioned him first, but Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson at wide receiver. You got options. You got options. But I thought he looked good. I was surprised they played him as long as they did. But I think they were really wanting to beat end the Ravens win streak as well. I don't know. I, it really, I don't think it was that deep, but, you know, people are trying to make it super, super deep. <laughs> super deep. But we had Baker Mayfield on the topic of people who are named starting quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield was announced at the start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not really surprising. I was hoping that we would see Kyle Trask be named the starter. I was really hoping we'd see that. But after not seeing Baker Mayfield play in the Jets game and have Kyle Trask throw 28 freaking passes... It was kind of like, hey, Baker's a starter, but if you go play well enough, we'll think about you as a starter. He played decent, I guess, but yeah, Baker Mayfield won the quarterback battle. Really not surprising, but God, I brought this up earlier today with my dad. Like, we were sitting there at lunch talking about Baker Mayfield being named the starter. And like, that number one pick in the 2018 draft was seen as kind of crazy at the time where it was like, why did you draft Baker Mayfield? Like, even if you were thinking Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were not that the finished products yet, they still had more potential 
than Baker Mayfield, potential-wise. Like, people were on the topic of Lamar Jackson being a wide receiver. Baker Mayfield going one is crazy. Like, even back now, like, now is fine. People can look at it in hindsight. But the thing is, it was seen as crazy back then. I, I say crazy like it was, like, shocking, shocking. But it was pretty surprising. It was pretty surprising that he was that high in the draft. And then you look at what the Browns have done since then, since getting rid of ba- or drafting Baker Mayfield, signing a guy they could have drafted in that spot a year earlier and paying him millions upon million, hundreds of millions of dollars, biggest contract in NFL history, at least the guaranteed money. It's craziness. It's craziness. Now he's starting for the Buccaneers. And then the Browns got cut from the Panthers, but I think that was kind of by mutual consent. And then goes to the, the Rams, has that one good game. It was like, oh, Baker's back. And then, which he never was there to begin with. And then he goes down to Tampa. We go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. Like, I think Baker Mayfield loves football. I don't think there's a question about that. But I just don't think he got it. I don't think he got it. That's fine. You don't need to got it. But, hey, it's cool. (laughs) Going from Tom Brady to Baker, though, it's not very fun. It's not very fun. And with that being said, I saw this on ESPN earlier. It was, uh... Who's on the hot seat? Preseason edition. And ESPN's always got some great takes. Always got some great takes. So NFL preseason, power rankings 2023, all 32 teams stack up. Someone on the hot seat. This is their rankings, not mine. We're going to talk about who their hot seat guy is. And if it's not someone that pops my head initially, then that's that's fine. Then I'll be like, okay with it. Because I'm not a fan of every team, obviously, and I don't follow every team. So I just, I I try to follow them the best I can. But if someone slips through the cracks, I apologize. Uh, so, number one, Kansas City Chiefs, obviously, Clyde was a lair. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, they just gave permission for him to seek a trade. I'm sure as hell the Chiefs would be pretty stoked to have Jonathan Taylor. Not now. They ain't going to trade a first-round draft pick for Jonathan Taylor. I think he's – is he worth it? Yeah. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the NFL. He was an MVP candidate a couple years ago. Battled some injuries last year, but still a very, very good running back. But the the value of the running back has dipped tremendously. And when you got a running back, Clyde Rizalaire, who had, quote-unquote, less tread on the tire, or more tread on the tires than Jonathan Taylor, you draft him in the first round, and now you've got a guy, he's sitting behind being a seventh-rounder, named Isaiah Pacheco. So yeah, Clyde Rizalaire is on the hot seat. I mean, he's not already. I'm surprised he's still on the team, to be honest. Eagles, they have a special teams coach, Michael Clay. I didn't know that. I, I guess I didn't know the... I know Kadarius Tony had a pretty big punt return against the Eagles in the Super Bowl, but I don't know. Is there any other players that are on the Eagles that are like, oh man, look out for your job. One of the running backs, I mean, they got Rashad Penny, former first round draft pick, and another guy who was drafted the same year as Jonathan Taylor, Clyde was there, DeAndre Swift. So they could be two guys you're looking at as like, eh, maybe, maybe this is, uh, all that kind of stuff, but I guess Michael Clay's fine. I, I don't know. Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Jackson Carmen, he's the guy who's replacing Jonah Williams for this year because, remember, Jonah Williams is hurt. But apparently hasn't looked very good. I think he can go a lot of different directions on the Bengals off the line. Eli Apple's gone. He's down in Miami now. So he would have been the main target of abuse for a lot of people out there. But people on the Bengals off the line, yeah, that's that's okay with me. 49ers, Javon Kinlaw. Yeah, he's just battled a lot of injuries. He's got the talent. The talent's there. But if he doesn't perform this year, he's going to be the direct replacement for DeForest Buckner. And he looked like he could be, but he's just battled a bunch of injuries. So yeah, I think that's fair. Buffalo Bills, Spencer Brown. Yeah, 100%. I love Spencer Brown. You and I, grad, 
going to root for him wherever, but he's definitely the weakest player on the Bills right now. This is his prove-it year. This is his prove-it year. I like him. The Bills like him. That's why they didn't draft a right tackle when they passed on Dewan Jones, who's been balling out in preseason so far for the Browns. A guy that I would have really liked on the Bills, but I understand why they're keeping Spencer Brown. He's a very raw prospect, very raw player. He's in year three, had a back injury before the season last year, never really fully recovered from it. So, yeah, I think that's the easiest one on here. And, again, I'm that's it's my team, so I'm going to know the more ins and outs of a team more if you watch them every single week than if you don't. But Spencer Brown's definitely the biggest question mark on this team. Like, they address the off the line in almost every – like, Deion Dawkins – uh, who, how he made a Pro Bowl last year, I have no idea because he wasn't great last year. But they replaced Roger Saffold with Connor, with McGovern. Yeah, Mitch Morse there. You've drafted Osiris Torrance. And Spencer Brown's just been unchallenged throughout pretty much his entire time at Buffalo. So, yeah, I think he's 100% the biggest on the hot seat person for the Bills. Like, you could have said Ed Oliver before this year. I think Kyrie Elam is another guy you could mention on here. But Ed Oliver signed a con- Ed Oliver's a very good player. But. I wouldn't have been surprised if he was on here before he signed the contract. And you could have said anybody at Mike Linebacker, but they don't have a Mike Linebacker, so we'll see. Dolphins, Austin Jackson, yeah, first-round draft pick. He's not been very good. That's pretty simple. He's just not been very good. Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, yeah. You fired Kellen Moore. You wanted to take control back over the offense? You wanted to be the play caller? If this team's not as good as what everybody thinks they should be, then yeah, 100% on the hot seat. Ravens, Rashad Bateman, I mean, this one's kind of self-explanatory because they drafted Zay Flowers, they signed Odell Beckham Jr. They have they have five first-round receivers on their roster right now. Because not, not along with those guys, you also got freaking Laquan Treadwell and Nelson Aguilar. I think not to mention you got Mark Andrews. But I think also J.K. Dobbins could be on here. If J.K. Dobbins can't stay healthy, what's what's keeping them from, what's holding on, what's making them hold on to him? If he can't stay healthy, what's making them hold on to him? Because he's not the number one option running the ball. That's Lamar Jackson. So I would say J.K. Dobbins is equally as deserving to be on that spot as well. Uh, the Chargers, uh, Telesco and Staley, yeah. Yeah. I was halfway surprised Staley held on to his job this past offseason. I was kind of surprised by that. Telesco's been there a long time. He's been there a long time. I say a long time. He's been there for like 10 years probably. But the way they lost the playoffs like they did last year, uh, they're definitely going to be on the hot seat this year. They're definitely on the hot seat this year. Definitely, especially Staley. Especially Staley. Lions, Jared Goff. Ah, I don't think Jared Goff's on the hot seat. I, I think Jared Goff's kind of in safe sitting right now. Maybe if they miss the playoffs by some crazy thing. Maybe if they miss the playoffs, then possibly, possibly they miss. Like, Dan Campbell's not on the hot seat by any stretch of the imagination. They traded Jeff Okuda to the Falcons, who got hurt. Jamison Williams is probably on the hot seat, if you're being honest. Like Jamison Williams came into the NFL hurt. They were fine with that. Then he got suspended, and he got hurt again. So I think it might be Jamison Williams. I love Jamison Williams. I love Jamison Williams coming out of Alabama. But he might be someone you're looking at here. Uh, the Jaguars, Josh Allen, not that one. I mean, he's fine. He's a fine player. Who else would you even put up there for the Jaguars as like a, a hot like a hot seat candidate. I don't even know, but Josh Allen, he's one of the more well-known players on the team. That's all I could really say. I guess I didn't think he was doing that bad to be hundred percent honest with you. <laughs> um, well, I guess, uh, how, how is he on the hot seat? He's not been 10 and a half sacks, a rookie 
Just 17, 41 games since. He was among the league leaders in quarterback pressures last season. Okay. Is it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just Seahawks, Jamal Adams. Yeah. Jamal Adams got, they traded a, a quarterback bounty for Jamal Adams, and he's sucked ever since he's been in Seattle. He has sucked ever since he's been in Seattle. So he's, yeah, obviously, he's the main one there. The Jets, Salah, and Douglas, yeah, if they don't make the playoffs this year, they're done. You cannot not make the playoffs this year with Rodgers and all these guys. All the guys you traded for, you just signed Dalvin Cook, you drafted well. I think, I think Joe Douglas is fine. I think he's fine. Maybe Robert Sala. Because apart from Zach Wilson, Joe Douglas has drafted. I mean, you could throw in like Mekhi Becton in there as well, I guess. But he's drafted well. You look at the draft uh, from last year. Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, Jermaine Johnson. You got Elijah Vera Tucker there as well the year before. I think they've drafted decently well. I for think Quinnen Williams getting him third overall. I don't remember if that was Joe Douglas or not, but I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was Joe Douglas because Joe Douglas was hired right after Sam Darnold was there. Because it was my – ah, crap, who's their GM before Douglas? Um, Mike something, but – I think Robert Sala could be. Robert Sala definitely could be on the hot seat. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt Canada. Yeah, I'll, I know Steelers fans do not like Matt Canada. I know they do not like Matt Canada. Vikings, Kirk Cousins. I mean, that one's easy because he's on a one-year contract. So that one's kind of self-explanatory, but I, he's not the reason the Vikings are bad. If, if the Vikings are bad, it's not like – you can point to a lot. I think Garrett Bradbury. Is Garrett Bradbury still on the team? Is he still there? Because I know the the few Vikings fans that I've talked to do not necessarily rate Garrett Bradbury that highly. So I think it might be Garrett Bradbury. But I think because Kirk Cousins on the last year of his deal, I think that one makes sense. The Giants, Saquon Barkley, it's not really a hot seat thing. It's just a matter of if he signs or not. I can't say Daniel Jones anymore because he's, he's he just signed a nice little deal. Who would be the Giants? Because they just hired Shane. They just hired Dable. Dable just won Coach of the Year, so it can't. Then one of those guys would be fine, unless they lose every single game. But I guess Saquon Barkley, he's not really on. Is he technically playing? It'd be funny if they traded Saquon Barkley for Jonathan Taylor. That'd be kind of funny. In like a mean way, Leonard Williams, I think, could be someone there as well if he's still on the team. I can't remember. Patriots, Mac Jones, yeah, easy, yeah. You look at the rest of the division, everybody's pretty happy with what they got at the quarterback position for the most part. So, the AFC stat to quarterback. If you're coming in last in the quarterback race, you got to move on. And I don't know if it'll be Jones or be Bailey Zappi to follow up, but yeah. Browns, Kevin Stefanski, yeah. Yeah, the Browns have were supposed to be good the past few seasons, and they haven't been. So, yeah, Kevin Stefanski is definitely on there. The Saints, Peyton Turner... People forget about this dude being a former first-round draft pick. A very head-scratching pick at that when he was made. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Packers, Brian Gutenkirst, for giving Jordan Love the fifth-year option before he's played a meaningful snaps in the NFL. Yeah, I think that puts you on the hot seat. If it doesn't work out, it's kind of like the Giant, the Titans last year with the A.J. Brown trade. If it doesn't work out, sayonara. They fired their GM in the middle of the season last year. They got dicked down by A.J. Brown when they played the, the Eagles last year. And he got gone like a week later. So, yeah, makes sense. Broncos, Russell Wilson, I don't know if they can get rid of him, but, yeah, he's he's, he's on the hot seat. He's definitely on a hot seat. The Panthers, Yotir Grossmatos from Penn State, second-round pick. I don't know who else you would really put there. There's not really a lot of expectations. It's hard for these teams that don't have any expectations because <laughs> – 
You're already bad. Why why are we telling you who else is bad? You already know your team's bad. But probably your true gross. I, he just hasn't done a lot since he's been in the NFL. Past three seasons, eight and a half sacks through three seasons. That's not a that's not ideal. That's not ideal. Raiders, Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator. Yeah, their defense stinks. Their defense stinks. And they got good players on the defense side, like mainly Max Crosby. They got some good players, but just can't get it all together. Bears, Velas Jones. Again, it's a team that's not very good. So it's kind of hard to go like, yes, this team, Velas Jones will definitely be a guy who was drafted last year. Is definitely a guy in the hot seat. I don't. I don't know if you could really put him on. He didn't really do a whole lot last year. I mean, he didn't really do anything last year. But who else would be like they cut everybody meaningful on defense or traded everybody meaningful on defense? Can't really even get it. Tevin Jenkins. He keeps getting hurt. So maybe Tevin Jenkins. He just got hurt recently. Commanders. Ron Rivera. I mean, yeah, he's getting older. So yeah, Ron Rivera. Titans. Christian Fulton, cornerback from LSU. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is one there, if you want to put him on there. But Christian Fulton hasn't really done a whole lot. I don't know. He's, I don't know. He's a decent enough corner, but hasn't done it. They keep drafting corners. Like, you look at Caleb Farley. uh, You look at Roger McCreary. You look at Christian Fulton. You look at Adoree Jackson. Like, they've drafted corners what feels like every single year. For the last five, and I know those that's not accurate numbers here, but I don't know if they drafted one last year, but they might as well have. Um, but yeah, he's def- I, I'm not surprised. The, the Titans are just a weird team to read. The Rams, Cam Akers, I mean, he was on the hot seat last year, and he got in a fight earlier this preseason, so yeah, I think he's definitely on the hot seat. Uh, Falcons, Desmond Ritter, yeah, if they stink, they're going to go after a quarterback. They'll go after a quarterback if, they, if they're not very good this year. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade for Trey Lance. That's why I would right, kind of want him to go. Uh, Colts, O-line coach, Tony Soprano. Sperano, sorry, Tony Soprano. Sperano. O-line was one of the Colts' strong points of the past couple of years, or a couple of years ago. Now it's ass. So, yeah, if they if it continues to be ass, sayonara. Sayonara. Buccaneers' Luke Godke, guy from Central Michigan, I believe. Second-year guy. Started some games last year. Started a decent amount of games last year. But they drafted Cody Motch. Starting him at right guard. Next, they'll probably move him over to the right tackle eventually because he played tackle at North Coast State. Wouldn't be very surprised by that. Texans, Brevin Jordan. I mean, sure. Okay, sure, sure. Brevin Jordan. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Cardinals, Marquise Brown. That one's, yeah, okay, that one makes sense. You traded a first-round draft pick for him. I don't know how the hell you got a first-round draft pick for him, Ravens, but you did. Yeah, the, he hasn't really done a whole lot apart from getting hurt in the NFL. He's definitely the hot seat guy. Definitely the hot seat guy. But, um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to talk about today. We had the Copa America video come out. But the Copa America is not till June of 2024, so we've got some time. But just a recap of the squad. We've kind of talked about it on the show before. But the recap of the squad, we had Matt Turner, uh, Ethan Horvath, and Gagas Lonina and Nett with an option of Drake Callender in there as well. In defense, we had Sergio Dest, who played well for PSV in his debut today on the left-back slot. Joe Scally and Brian Reynolds, center backs. We had Tim Ream, Chris Richards, Austin Trusty, Cameron Carter-Vickers, and Mark McKenzie with an option of Walker Zimmerman in there. And Johnny Cardoso would rotate or be substituted for Brian Reynolds if need be. And we had Anthony Robinson at left back. We had midfielders of Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Eunice Musa, Giovanni Reyna, Malik Tillman, 
and uh, Luca De La Torre. Sorry. I'm trying to go off memory here. Then on the wings, we had Timothy Weah and Taylor Booth. On the right, we had Pulisic, Aronson, and Kevin Paredes on the left. And the strikers, we had Balogun, Pepe, and Josh Sargent. And again, this squad's not going to be anywhere accurate to what it will be because I picked a squad that I actually would want, which is nothing I try, something I try not to do here on the Logan Blyman Show. But we did it here for fun. We did it for fun. So with that being said, that's all I've got for you today. I do hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure, again, you go to check out the YouTube channel and check out the video that we just posted. That was just a little teaser, a little teaser for you. But I hope you enjoyed. If not, I sincerely apologize. It'll probably be better next time. And I will see you guys later. Peace.